So, here I am redoing the Camino. Uh, Camino France starts in Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port, which we're looking at here, ends in Santiago. And uh, I did this, oh, September to October 2017. And the video we're looking at here is by a Korean man by the name of BK Lee, who did it in September 2018 and videoed a lot of it from, a, I guess, a body camera, some sort of GoPro camera. So um, I'm using his video as a reference, redoing the Camino on my treadmill in Galway, Ireland, 2020. 2021, sorry, yeah, February the 3rd today, I think. Uh, lockdown. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Uh, this lockdown has been tough on a lot of people during coronavirus, but I think for the people who've died or lost loved ones, that's been a lot tougher. Um, I lost a friend actually from my college days, and I hadn't been seen him in a long time. A man by the name of Danko, who lived in Belgrade. I studied with him in Moscow, and um, his father died from coronavirus, and then he got it and died three weeks later. So, God bless Danko. It does make it more real, I think, when you hear of someone who died. And I don't want to dwell on that. Just want to say, hope everyone's doing well out there. So I'm going to do this an hour a day. Oh, I'm at, what speed am I at now? Four kilometers an hour, that's good. I'm at an incline of two on my treadmill. It goes to a maximum of 10. I don't know if that's 10 degrees or what is it, but certainly for day one, we climb over the Pyrenees. I should have this set at the top level, but I'm not gonna do that. Might do it for a little bit. This isn't really about um, recapturing the total hardship of it. That'll be hard to do. And the hardship is definitely part of the Camino, but um, the joy is part of it too. I mean, it's, it's really like life in a lot of ways. My sort of screen is half blocked by the microphone here I've set up. Thought I'd thought of everything today. Got a microphone with one of those um, pop shields in front of it and the shield. I kind of have to look around that to see my tablet. Might have to rethink that for tomorrow. But uh, nice little town, Saint-Jean. So by the end of day one, most people end up in Roncesvalles, which this man does too. Um, some people stop halfway in a place called Orison. Oh yeah, he said he's on the way to Orison now, but I, I think he continues to Roncesvalles. This arch coming up here. I think I remember that. I think that's the official start. Could be wrong. I use the term official loosely. So if I remember rightly, when I was coming up from the gym with Ashley, we came from the right there. That's my memory, could be totally wrong. And then went under the arch and it was still pitch black. I had one of those lights on my head, like someone out of a science fiction movie. I'm amazed when I look back that I did this at all. I'm not the hiking type. I mean, I've done a bit since. Did a little bit before. When I say I'm not the hiking type, I'm just, what I really mean is I'm lazy. And I'm not a morning person, so. Getting up early to do this every morning here in Ireland, aiming to start at about 7.30 a.m. every day. For a lot of people, that wouldn't be hard. It is for me. Although actually, once I get going, it's fine. Um, I'm on the treadmill here. I actually have one of those sad lamps set up in front of the treadmill, which recreates 
sunlight or something, it's quite bright lamp. And definitely helps me uh, feel more awake in the morning. So it's a nice combination. So I actually started day one two days ago using uh, an amateur kind of microphone. And then I realized, you know, I've got to actually have a better microphone here and a way to bring it up to my computer. And I spent last time this morning looking for the pop shield. That's the shield that goes in front of the microphone so it dampens some of my breath and kind of sounds that pop, like P sounds. And of course it was just under a sheet of paper. I've been looking for it for weeks. And I finally figured out oh, it has to be in this room, and yet there it was under a sheet of paper. So I uh, really could do a tidy in my house. But for the moment, this year, if I can redo the Camino, which is doable, God willing, if I don't break down or if the treadmill doesn't break down, then it's doable. Um, what else do I want to do? Do my day job, obviously. I edit TV programs and uh, work for a company here in Galway. I'm also writing a book in my spare time, which is going slowly, but it's going. Uh, working with an editor in London, which helps keep me focused. I, oh, I hired an editor in... London, just to give me deadlines and feedback, and it's it's working great because I'm at the point in the book, forty-three thousand, well, forty-eight thousand words in now. But usually, you know, my efforts I've made before uh, around this point, around the forty thousand word point, I start stalling or waffling or both. In fact, the waffling may have even started before that, but actually going easier on myself this time and the book is going better and I can see there's enough gas in the tank both in terms of ideas and my uh, will to do it to finish the first draft and then figure out what exactly the book's about it started as one thing ended up as something else don't worry I'm not gonna get into that here <laughs> so that's just what's on my mind for 2020 in my heart on my mind uh, do the Camino on the treadmill, stay fit, lose weight, that's another part of doing this. And I'm recording it to try and remember my own memories of the Camino because it seems like a dream to me. So I'm hoping some things come back. I can tell you by the end of day one, which we won't be finishing today, it's going to take five hours according to this video, thereabouts. Let's see, five hours, just over five hours. Uh, in reality, day one would be one of the longest days because of the 1.2 kilometer incline, I think it is. It's 26 kilometers with the 1.2 kilometer incline, if memory serves me correctly. And that slows everybody down, and I'm slow anyway. But yeah, he's covered five hours, so that's what it'll take. So. So it'll take us five days, or me five days, to do the uh, to do day one, as in five hours and doing an hour a day. And uh, I can tell you the last hour should be interesting. See, I'm doing a little plug here, like CNN, just trying to uh, keep you coming back after the ad break. Um, Something interesting happened just uh, before we got to Roncevalles. So I shall discuss that here. Uh, as I said, I'm aiming to do an hour a day. May not do every day if I'm not feeling well. I'll skip a day, probably. I mean, I never feel great in the mornings. But I mean, if just if I'm actually sick, it's counterproductive to uh, exercise, I think. But to be honest, with lockdown and everything, I guess, you know, I won't be getting sick and following all the rules. I'm gonna stop talking about COVID now. So, 
from my memory, the incline started getting really steep around here, but I know when I look at it on the video, it doesn't look that steep. And uh, I'm not that bright, so I can't tell if I'm not yeah. losing or not. Let's see. Not sure what I'm gonna talk about for an hour. Um, if anybody's watching this, they've got the visuals to look at. And if you're listening without watching, I'm not much good at, I don't think I'm gonna be describing all the visuals along the way. They're just walking up a hill in a domestic area. Okay, oh, one hour later, skipped an hour. Okay. So we're further along the way in, uh, we're outside the whole kind of domestic area. And uh, you can see the sun to the left a little bit, which is normally walking um, west. So, yeah, normally the sun would start behind you. And yeah, we're walking west. Yeah, I get my east and west mixed up sometimes. I have to think about it. So we're walking west. Sun starts behind you. Comes slowly around you. And so for a lot of the walk, then it's to your left. And then depending on how long you're walking for, we'll end up in front of you or closer to the front of you anyway. So basically, the only thing to note about that is if you're ever walking and the sun is to your right, you're probably going the wrong way. Now, that's not to say if you're on a kind of spirally road or whatever, it could briefly be to your right, but if it's to your right for a long period of time, there's something uh, not quite right. Although before you notice that, you probably also notice pilgrims walking in different direction. That's usually a clue as well. But uh, you follow these yellow arrows along the way that tell you the way to go. And actually, when you get to the city of Pamplona, 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 I can't remember which it is. When you get there, they've got these shells along the um, pathway to show you how to go. I think the shells point a certain direction. You notice as we go on the backs of people's backpacks, they have these seashells. Seashells. She sells seashells along the seashore. She sells seashells along the seashore. She sells seashells along the seashore. That's enough of that. Uh, you see the shells in people's backpacks which are the symbol of the Camino. There's a story behind that, I can't remember what it is. I got a ring at the end of the Camino in Santiago, which had, it was sort of plain silver looking, it wasn't even silver, it wasn't expensive. It had um, a shell image on it and an arrow image, sort of repeated around it. Nice ring and I, I wore it on my, um, right hand middle finger I think and um, for the last two and a half years and then I lost it a few months ago I think I lost it walking or else it's could be under the couch in the front room which <laughs> which I had at one point made it's a sofa bed I'd set it up as a bed and on weekends I was watching TV in bed Somewhere in the back of my brain, I think it might be under there. But that could also just be the hope I'm holding on to. So I haven't looked, A, because I'm lazy. And you know what? I don't want to keep saying that. I've been saying that for 49 years, reinforcing it. So maybe I'll drop it. But um, I guess another reason I don't want to look is in case it isn't there. So... I found the same ring online, and I could order it, but it's not the same, you know, like that's the one I bought, and I hadn't planned on buying a ring. That's the one I bought for myself at the end of the Camino to market, and I really liked having that in my hand. It looked kind of nice, but it just felt good as well, and 
I'd often touch it and just remember the Camino. So I guess this hadn't been part of the plan, but uh, if and when I finish um, the, uh, my virtual Camino, my treadmill Camino, I will, um, yeah, I might order the same one online. I think I'll have uh, earned that from redoing the Camino. I had planned this year, or last year, 2020, I had a plan to do the, the Camino from Porto in Portugal, which is a kind of two-week job. And um, obviously life put paid to that, things changed, couldn't do that. So here I am doing the virtual one. I'm so glad I'm doing this. I'm actually so glad. It's something to get up for in the morning. And uh, yeah, I lost a lot of weight when I did the original Camino. I put it back since, so I want to lose that. I'm not uh, too bad, but I'm overweight. Um, and this treadmill has been good for me, really. I bought it some years ago, I'm trying to think. I don't know, eight years ago, something like that. And uh, I used it during a period where I just, I guess, wasn't feeling great. found it hard to just get out of the house and exercise. And this kind of um, allowed me to uh, exercise in the house, you know, which was good. I did the whole couch to 5K on it. I had done that before outdoors as well, so I kind of got up to running 5k on the treadmill. Uh, then I started getting outdoors more. Didn't use it as much. But when I ran before, I used to get knee trouble, so I learned a different way of running, but I uh, still had some knee trouble. So now, when I started reusing the treadmill in the last while, um, basically what I do on it is fast walking or slow running and I mean this is four kilometers an hour it's I just remember I should be carrying my mobile phone with me because um, that's my only step counter hold on a sec I don't have anywhere to put it though anyway I have the um, I have the counter on the treadmill and if I stay at four kilometers an hour, I'm gonna do uh, each hour will be four kilometers, so I'll be able to keep track of it that way. I sort of want to keep track of it on the phone as well, on Google Fit, even though, of course, they just gather those statistics and sell them to health insurers. Well, in which case, I might as well use it while I'm being healthy. And then, um, disable when I'm being healthy. Sounds like a good plan. I can tell that um, BK, who's recorded this video, he's quite a bit breathless now, so obviously it's been quite steep. It doesn't look so steep now. Where are we? 25 minutes in? Thereabouts? Sorry, we're Nearly 19 minutes in. I was looking at the treadmill, which is running a bit longer. Okay. I do have a fan on the treadmill, and uh, I think I'm going to put it on. Put it on low for a second. It's a bit noisy. It's going to be blown into the mic. Hey, what can you do? What can you do? So, I might just switch headphones and see what that sounds like. Bear with me. We'll be right back after the break. So, I think I already mentioned at the end of day one, something really dramatic happened. Uh, actually, I don't want to overstate it, but it was, um, it was interesting. And so many interesting things happened on the Camino. Okay, just let me switch headphones quickly and check my levels.
Oh my god, that is noisy. But, on the other hand, my voice is cutting through everything, so it should be okay. Okay, that's my sound check over. Kind of all the more reason for me to keep speaking. Um, because, well, I don't know which is worse for you listening to the sound of the treadmill or the sound of my voice. I hope it's the latter. So hopefully in the edit I can um, kind of drown out, do some EQing or something and take out the sound of the treadmill. So I'm glad I'm redoing this with the good mic. If you're gonna do it, do it right, as George Michael used to say. The only problem with talking the whole way through it is I feel the need to be uh, to sound wise. And uh, people who know me, I'm not sure if wise is uh, how they describe me. I can think of some other words that are not repeatable here. So. Anywho, um, I've totally lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, so I'm not wise, that's, that's where we were at. Um, I guess if anyone is watching or listening to this, I could have done this as a conversation. I was thinking about that, but that would be like a live... Um, Oh, it doesn't have to be live. We'd have to coordinate, though. We'd have to be recorded at the same time. Yeah. You know, I'm not really one for conversation early in the morning. I remember I work as an editor now. I did work as a director before, which meant getting up earlier. Oh, God. I did not like that aspect of the job. And I remember... I guess we would have breakfast at 7 a.m. or something, which to many people isn't early. Certainly was to me. And um, saying to one of the actors, I said, uh, well, sort of half-jokingly, I don't do conversation in the mornings. He goes, funny you should mention that. The actor in question was Louis Lovett. <laughs> very good, very fine Irish actor. If you're listening, Louis, hope you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact I'm deluding myself that I've got thousands of listeners. So, it didn't, I didn't necessarily think of doing this for charity, but I know when in my Googlings I found out that um, an Irish charity, a couple of them are doing Camino walks. So, I might sign up for one of them. More to be announced. Focus Ireland, that's the group who do it. Focus Ireland are all about helping the homeless. I believe they're the one run by Sister Stan, who's an amazing woman. I hope I'll get my facts right there. So I guess I might sign up with them. And there's a lot of people doing their own virtual Camino just locally, not on a treadmill, not following Camino videos, as far as I know. This could be a good addition to that. I'm just not crazy on asking my colleagues or friends for money. I'm not great at that. But considering I'm putting in all this effort, maybe I should. It's kind of crazy that I'm not going to get all political on this, but that our governments can't look after people and then we all have to do charities to help them. And it's a good thing for people to do. It's, it probably sounds a bit idealistic, but it's kind of crazy that we have to do so much of it. But I have to say hats off to all the charity workers. Certainly all the low-paid ones. Low-paid, no-paid, medium salary paid, all those ones. The high-paid ones, I don't know. There's been a bit of controversy about that over the years. 
I'm not going to get into it here. I know what you're thinking I already did, but... Uh, hey, come on, i got to talk about something, right? We can hear that uh, BK, our walking friend, or video friend, is definitely finding it tough. As I certainly did, day one. So I'm thinking, as I said before, this is deeper than it looks. Is that possible? I should know about these things. I work in uh, television. I haven't a clue. That looks totally flat. But I know that day one is a lot of up and a lot of down. And I know that I was at least as breathless as the man behind the camera here. pretty easy for me now. I'm on an incline of two. I'm going at um, four kilometers an hour. I might go maximum 4.4 kilometers an hour. But why don't I put my incline up for a bit of fun, all right? Let's go. Okay, I'll go to five. Mine goes to a maximum of 10, this uh, treadmill. I don't know if it's, it might be 10 degrees. It's not a crazy amount, but you certainly feel it. But I would say an incline of 10 is nothing compared to day one of the Camino. I'm on five now. Let's see how that goes. I'm gonna take a bit of water. So if you're walking and you haven't hydrated, now's a good time. Yeah, by the end of this, I'll be talking like a fitness coach slash life coach. That would be funny. I'll tell you one thing, if you're coming to me for a fitness coach or life coach, man, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Just looking at my sound levels here, I hope they're okay. Looking at them on my computer, they look like they could be higher. I'm not changing it now. Yeah, if it doesn't work out, I could end up redoing the first hour again. No, I know they're okay. I mean, you want to get them as high as possible to exclude any background noise. I don't know. I'll try and stop talking technical. So I am, where are we in the video? 28 minutes in, nearly halfway there. And uh, I have no idea what I'm gonna talk about in the next half hour. I did a trial run of this yesterday. I was probably far more interesting then. I'm always more interesting when the mic and camera is off and when there's no one around. I tell myself jokes, make myself laugh then uh, somehow I'm not as hilarious in company. Oh well. It's kind of, I'm a secret comedian. Yeah. What was I talking about the other day? I think I was talking about some really interesting stuff. Let me think. I know I ended with a quote from Anthony Hopkins, because my friend Declan, from Belfast, who also did the Camino, oh, many years before I did it. He emailed me a quote. We've been talking about Anthony Hopkins recently, and he emailed me a quote from him, which I ended with, but I might put it in here now, because I'll probably forget to do it in half an hour. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but it's something like, it's pretty much, I don't, I, I don't expect anything and I accept everything. And that makes life a lot easier. I think that's a great quote. I think it's a great way, I imagine it's a great way to live your life. If you can do it. I think, I think we all have the potential to do that. I'm certainly not gonna preach like that's what I do, but I'm probably 
bit more like that today than it was a few years ago. But I think there's a lot of distractions in life, including, you know, especially say TV ads, um, want, making us want to expect a lot of things. Hollywood movies as well. This whole idea in Western culture uh, that's really quite prominent nowadays. Um, the whole idea of me, 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 and I need, I need, I need to have my needs met. And I'm certainly not speaking from some ivory tower. I'm as guilty of this as anyone. And there's a certain validity, validity I guess, to it. People, most people don't have their needs fully met, say, as a child. And then they spend, we spend most of our lives looking to have them met from outside. And I know as I'm saying this, I've read this in countless books, but it's something that I believe is true as well. Um, and some people find they can get that from religion or philosophy or, you know, to have some sort of, I think some sort of life philosophy is good. I'm not going to get into religion too much, but certainly in Ireland where I come from, that's the boogeyman these days. We grew up with a lot of bad religion. A lot of people think nowadays that all religion is bad. I don't think that. But I think some sort of tradition or philosophy to live by. Certainly, people don't like the word God, but higher power, if you want to call it that. If you want to call it the universe, science. That's fine, science is pretty mind-blowing. The Big Bang, all that stuff, that's uh, certainly not an expert in that, but... I actually find all that quite mystical to think about, that we all came from the same Big Bang. Like, we all actually came from that massive explosion of, well, I always ask what exploded, what was there before? Uh, that's something I think they can never answer. That's where you get into the level of mystery or mysticism in my book. But I'm not here to get into um, arguments about science versus mysticism versus religion. I don't even see it all as verses anyway. For me, a sense of mystery definitely helps me get through life. And maybe I'm more interested in big questions than the big answers. Where was I? I got a bit lost there. Went a bit up my own fundament for a minute. Um, yeah. A lot of modern life is telling us to look for happiness, also for validation. Social media is great for that. Get our likes, whatever. If I put this up online, probably be disappointed if I don't get enough likes. I'd be disappointed if I don't get world fame. <laughs> but that's the thing, if you get one like, you want more. If you get a hundred, you want a thousand. If you get a thousand, you want a million. If you get a million, maybe then you want, you're hoping the radio stations start calling. You know, then if you get that kind of fame, then maybe you want a book deal sell the book, you want to be number one, <laughs> where does it all end? I'm certainly a person who's um, had some degree of ambition in my life, a little bit of what they call success, a fair bit of what they call failure, and uh, it's, when you stand back and look at it, it's all life and it's fun. I think it's true to say, it sounds like a cliche, but you probably do learn more from so-called failure. 
I know Brian Moore, the Irish novelist, when he wrote about characters, he said, um, successful people, whatever that means, but you know, what we call successful people, aren't that interesting to write about. Failure is much more interesting to write about, much more dramatic than success. And uh, I think he's right. God, I'm, I'm, I feel sorry for BK, who's our cameraman, friend, whom I haven't met. But I can tell he's struggling the person in front. Yeah, struggling to the using the sticks. I had no sticks on day one. Big mistake, big mistake. Okay, I'll go to an incline of 10 for a bit of drama. Let's see how that works out. So it's moving up to 10. Yeah, I'm trying to hold my mobile phone in my hand because I need to get one of those straps to put it on my arm. I have ordered one. Just so Google Fit counts my steps so it doesn't tell me to keep moving. Because I'll get a bit of validation from it then saying, congratulations, you hit your goals, or exceeded your goals. Oh yeah, <sighs> why not? Okay, I'm at incline of 10. And, uh, yeah, I doubt I'll hold it much longer. Or if I do, I'll run out of things to say, which could be a good or bad thing, depending on how entertaining you're finding me. I'm finding me very entertaining, but I'm a little biased. Whew. Okay, now, oh, he's going into, so hostile. Oh yeah, I remember the vending machines along the way. Probably gonna eat something sugary. It's not so bad when you're walking all those kilometers and burn it off. Taking a break. I like the breaks. I love the breaks, but I found it so hard to get moving after them. So before doing the Camino, I travelled up to Belfast, stayed with my friend Declan. He's the guy who did the Camino and he used to keep saying to me every time I said I was stressed, which was a lot, he'd say, do the Camino. One day I realised, well actually, maybe all the stars have aligned, I could do it now. I got enough time off work and went and did the Camino. There's a choice between that and my cousin was getting married in Phoenix, Arizona. I was invited. I would like to have gone and I was thinking I can make a trip out of this. I was going to go to Brazil, then up to um, Arizona, buy a suit in Arizona. That was a plan, not a bad plan. Fly back via New York, visit my friend Dennis, Aaron and other friends in New York, back home. Uh, and I could do that within my allotted holiday time or vacation time, as they say in America. But I am... Um, okay, I'm going to go back down to five. Because the incline of ten is hard for me to concentrate and, you know, sort of talk at the same time. Um, so... Oh yeah, I decided if I get enough time off work to do the full Camino in one go, I'm doing that. And I did. And my boss was decent and we organized that. And I'm sure they were glad to be rid of me for five weeks. My constant complaining. Not complaining, my constant uh, energetic debate. Yeah, I'm sure uh, enlightening it all as it was, I'm sure five weeks without that must be quite nice. So, so I went up to Belfast because they have a decathlon store there with, you know, outdoor equipment. At the time, that was the only one in, on this island. I think there's another one maybe now in Dublin or, or maybe there's one coming to Galway too, I don't know. Um, and also I went to, um, well, I, I had a weekend up there, fun weekend, and uh, got some gear in um, decathlon and 
got some really good boots in the Cotswold store. A guy called Alec or Alex on um, Cotswold store on Bowser Street, I think it's called. Belfast. He really did a good job trying lots of different shoes and boots on. Got a pair of Mindel boots in the end that really served me well and I got virtually no I got a couple of blisters but nothing major. Nothing that stopped me walking. And the one thing I learned along the way is blisters can really stop you in your tracks. I had knee problems after day one. More about that later. Definitely get sticks. That will help these, especially for, I mean, day one, you really need them. And um, so I had knee problems. I also had a chest infection halfway through. There was a kind of cold going around, but I got on antibiotics. And I was okay. I still was able to keep going. Ended up starting late, staying in places on my own rather than in um, hostels. So that was a kind of lonely phase, but that's it's all part of the package, you know. Camino is not... Um, not meant to be easy. Um, so anyway, I was in Belfast. Had um, I think there's an alarm going off in my phone here. Hold on a second. Let's, let's deal with that. Oh yeah, so I was out in a pub having a drink or two and got chatting to this man and his wife and I was telling him, oh yeah, I'm going doing the Camino and he said, well, oh, hold on a sec now, I remember this turn here left as if it were yesterday and we go up this steep trail it was raining heavy day one when I was there. They've got better weather here, definitely. Um, we were wearing ponchos and head down the whole time. It was just like Irish weather, really. But anyway, I'm in the pub in Belfast. I'm putting my incline down to two here. And I got chatting to this guy, so I said, yeah, I'm doing the Camino. Have you heard of it? He said, oh, I have. He said, um, he said no, I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to do his accent. I'm not going to insult people by doing a really bad Northern Irish accent. Tempted and all as I am to do it. So he said, I wouldn't do that. I'm an orange man. Uh, so meaning a member of the Orange Order, and Protestant Unionist, etc. He said, but I really respect what you're doing. And we got chatting more, and it was interesting that it was important for him to identify as an orange man, but also you know, to point out that he's not a bigot. He said a lot of people think we're bigots and we're not. He said this is a, the pub I was in would be known as a Catholic pub, and possibly in the past during the Troubles, maybe, I don't know, maybe a Protestant wouldn't have gone in there. But either way, he said, you know, this is a Catholic pub, I'm here with my wife. We were in a gay pub earlier. And... Um, yeah, it was interesting, just it was important for him to identify his tradition, but also to say he's not a bigot, and also to say, I hope you do well on the Camino. So I said, do you want me to, um, would you like me to light a candle for you along the way, or would you find that offensive? And he said, I would really like that. And I hope I feel it when you light it. And that was pretty amazing. So I took down his name. I presume I took his wife's name as well. And um, in my phone and a you know, notes app application, and and then I started adding names to the list, and a lot of names were just then people that just came to mind, friends, family, people who are still alive, people who passed passed on, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm just thinking of my friend Ian, who passed away many years ago, great friend. And uh, he certainly would have been on the list. So, where was I? Yeah, I started making a list of candles to light along the way. Uh, if I remember, oops, sorry, I just hit the mic there. Um, if I remember rightly, the um, 
think a lot of the candles at the start weren't real candles, you know, they were just push a button and the light goes on. Um, so I didn't do those, I don't like that. I know I get it, it's for insurance reasons, but it's not the same, is it? So a lot, a lot of the candles I did were at the end, I think. I, I did some along the way when I found proper candles. Then I caught up in Santiago and did a lot of them. And there was one place where you'd light candles for people who passed away, specifically. Remember that? Reminded me of a Russian um, church I'd gone to. I spent a year in Moscow back in 92, 93. And um, went with... Uh, Serbian friend and a few friends too. There was some special day we went to the ceremony. We were staying in North Moscow. We travelled somewhere to South Moscow. It was quite a hike. It was snowing. Went into this old church. Everybody was standing up. And people seemed to be randomly bowing. That's what it looked like to me whenever they felt like it. And um, but there was you could light candles maybe inside for people who had passed away and in the vestibule for people who were still alive or vice versa. I like those traditions, but I also like the distinctions that are made. It just makes you think about what you're doing. And whatever people's take on God, God's lack thereof, I think these rituals, I certainly find them uh, useful, more than useful. Meaningful. Meaningful. So, the fact it was lighting candles along the way for people and for myself was good. I think one thing I carried with me on the Camino, I had, um, I'm not going to get into a big sob story here, but I had a cat called Billy that I really loved, and he um, got. He died in a not-so-nice way, got locked into a uh, storeroom. That happens, cats. Too curious. And I had been away working, had someone looking after them, and I felt... Um, I always felt guilty about it. I'm a bit soft, anyway. I'm soft for animals, you know, but... And I was carrying that for a few years before the Camino, and kind of carried it on the Camino a bit. Look, there's people with much bigger crosses to carry than that. <laughs> but I really wanted my cat Billy to forgive me. And uh, it sounds silly, but I don't know. We all have our stuff, you know, that we carry. I think sometimes the pain you carry can also be related to maybe other things that you're not as, you know, that are more subconscious, possibly. Um, So yeah, I met a woman close to the end who was um, carrying something a lot bigger than that. We'll get to that if I make it that far, which I hope to. But I've totally lost my train of thought again. I do think doing something difficult like the Camino, like any kind of pilgrimage, you gain a lot from it. I mean, people gain a lot physically as well from going to the gym. I'm not going to knock that. I, I, find it, I would find it hard to motivate myself to do that. Uh, I can motivate myself to go for a nice walk. Even then, starting is the hard bit, you know? I find... For me, if I attach a sense of meaning to it that resonates with me, I find it a lot easier. And that's what got me through the Camino. See, this guy's no sticks. And he, yeah, I was doing that a lot, hand on the hips. The sticks help so much. Because you're actually shifting your body weight. You know, from your, it's like your arms become legs. And it took me a while when I did get the sticks to get used to them. But when I did, it felt, I felt like a four-legged creature, which, of course, we are, really. Um, this whole standing upright lark has uh, its advantages. 
I'll tell you one thing. I actually wish if we hadn't gone to the standing up position, it would suit me better because I'm not that tall. But anyway, a bit late for that. So let's see how we're doing time-wise. 50 minutes, got 10 minutes to go. No problemo. What will I talk about? Whatever will I talk about for the next 10 minutes? See, this would be the bit now, if it was a radio show, I could have phoned in calls. Uh, that would be far too confusing and hard to manage, though. But possibly doing the walk with someone else, but on another treadmill and talking. But I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying just sort of closing my eyes for some of it, because when I close my eyes, I'm holding on to the end of that handle or the grip on the treadmill grips and uh, kind of just say whatever comes into my head like I'm talking into the universe, into the ether. And I'm sure, well, I was going to say, I'm sure lots of you tuned out. Uh, I'm going to stop the um, self, what do they call that? Self-effacement. We're great at that in Ireland, but it's, it's, it's not totally honest. The whole thing in Ireland, yeah, don't talk yourself up too much. Fair enough, but all this talking ourselves down, I don't know if that's uh, as noble as people seem to think it is. I think if you do something well, you can acknowledge you did it well. If you do something badly, you can say, yeah, I didn't, didn't make such a great job of that. Sometimes in Ireland, if you say you did something well, people think you're cocky. I think I come across as cocky to people a lot, actually. Though I don't think I'm as cocky as, as they think. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Most people are thinking about themselves, myself included. It's funny the amount of energy we can waste worrying about what people think of us. You know, and half the time they're doing the same thing, worrying what people think of them. I found when I got into my 40s, I stopped caring as much. I think I spent way too much energy previous to that. I think I remember stopping at one of those gates. Was it that one? I don't know. It could have been. It rain that gone right through my poncho and everything it was cold. Miserable and thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Anyway, back to whatever I was talking about. What was I talking about? Um, Self-deprecation? Oh no, totally lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, when I hit my 40s, I stopped caring as much. And I'm now 49, so I'll be hitting 50 in May this year. I'll be hitting 50 on my virtual Camino. Hope you'll all be with me for that day. Um, but when I hit my 40s, it was like, I think that might be something that happens to a lot of people in their 40s, but for me it was also being neurotic and overthinking everything and worrying about what people think and trying to present yourself to the world in a way that, you know, you think people will find acceptable is exhausting for mainly for the person doing it. I think it's also exhausting for people on the receiving end. And probably to some degree, we all do a little bit of that, or varying degrees of that. I mean, there are people who don't give a damn what people think, which that's okay too, but if, if you present yourself to the world then in a way that is totally Oh God, BK is suffering here. I hope he's okay. If you present yourself to the world in a way that you don't give a damn about what anyone thinks and you're insensitive and crude, uh, I don't think that's so great either. I think the ideal, and I'm just saying it's an ideal, it's not where I'm at, but the ideal is 
to um, not care what people think, but to be respectful of other people. A line actually from the New Testament has sprung into my head that I would have learned in school. Probably lose a lot of viewers if I say it. I, well, or listeners. If I've already said New Testament, so I've probably lost them anyway. I'm not a holy Joe, but uh, I guess I'm not an atheist either. Somewhere. Anyway, you know, what's the quote? Treat other people as you would have them treat you. That's pretty solid advice for anyone, believer, agnostic, atheist. It's pretty good advice. Ah, enough philosophizing. I have got four minutes left. I hope uh, BK is doing okay there, our cameraman. So we're walking towards the sun. So yeah, it's, you would expect that. As I said, it starts with the sun behind you, comes around to your left, ends up in front of you. And uh, still got the whole uh, downhill to go into Monsevais. Orison, I think, was at the top of the mountain somewhere. Well, I say the top. I mean, I, I know we go over the Pyrenees, but I don't think we go over the peak. It's the side of it, I think. Of course, I've never researched this. That's just how I imagine it to be. But there is a lovely long plateau coming. That's the nicest part of it. Long plateau with a beautiful view. Then you start going down through the forest. That's hard on the Omnis. And uh, then you get to Monsevais. If I did it again, for real, I think I might stop at Orison. I did the whole thing in five weeks, 800 kilometers, um, 34 walking days, two rest days. I tell you, I found it hard starting again after the rest days, but I still think they're important. I rested in Burgos and Leon. I actually got sick in Burgos. They say it and it seems to be true, you know when you stop, your body goes, okay, he stopped, get sick. So. That's where I got the chest infection kind of started there. But it didn't completely stop me in my tracks. Uh, how are we doing time-wise? Okay, about two minutes to go. Good. So I made it through um, day one, anyway. My day one. BK still has more to go. Oh yeah, day one was long. 26 kilometers plus 1.2 elevation and then afterwards ended up walking six kilometers to Austin. Plus there was a big dramatic event just uh, before we got to Roncevais. Yeah, it was pretty full on day one, definitely. Ah, this is nice, gotta go to work now. Well, working from home, so shower and then I'm at work. So here comes a tractor, and I've got a minute to go. If anyone's still listening, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to try and do this every day. No reason why I can't. I really gotta try and do it in the morning. Fitting it in at lunchtime would be hard. Also, doing it in the morning just really reminds me of the Camino. Getting up early and it also kind of sets me up for the day. So today I've actually walked, I'd have walked 4.4 kilometers because I kind of had a bit of um, setting up to do before recording this. I had to stop and start a little bit. So. But yeah, four kilometers a day. I mean, on the Camino, I averaged 23.5, but you know, I got a day job to do. I also have a book I'm working on in the evening, so in fairness, if I fit in four kilometers a day, that's pretty good going. How are we doing? 
coming up to an hour. Yeah, okay. So, nice place to stop, actually. Okay, see you tomorrow.